I missed that music. Yeah, Yeah, I know. The eagle has landed, I guess. We're a little bit late tonight, but uh, Jacob and I, uh, we just decided we'd blame that on Deb. But, uh, there you go. Yeah, there's a lot going on. We're taking one for the team tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to Skip Happens. We've got a great, great show for you tonight. Great podcast. Um, that guy right there, his name's Jacob Bryant, and he's one of those artists who's, uh, when you hear his voice, it'll pull you into the moment. That moment you hear it, it's going to be awesome. Uh, he's got an emotional chord with every lyric. Each vocal stretch is always incredibly powerful. You, you can tell I'm reading this, right? Uh, released his uh, debut album back in 2019, Practice What I Preach. And uh, by the way, totally blown away. And I remember when this happened, and it's when I became a fan, that it went to number one on the iTunes chart. And everybody was getting their music off of iTunes back then, and they still do for the most part today. But uh, well, we're going to find out who Jacob Bryant is, both as an artist and a, and uh, as a person. I want y'all to say hi. He's my new friend. He's right. Uh, wait a minute, right there. And that's Deb. Oh, by the way, that's Deb. Yeah, that's this. We have to get. Oh wait, camera, dude. I know exactly. We'll get this Brady Bunch thing yet? Backward. Yeah. Backwards when you do it when it's looking at you. There you go. And that's my good friend, Deb Lanfear, everybody. You know that. She joins Hi. us on the podcast, the president and founder of the Country Music Fan Club. And let's all just say, uh, Jacob, uh, Jacob Bryant, how are you? Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you for having me on, brother. I'm doing great. How about y'all? We're doing really well. Uh, had a beautiful day here in the Northeast today. I got to say it was, uh, we got we hit the middle 70s today. We that's did. Awesome. We got up there. Yeah, we got up there, and we'll have a foot of snow this weekend. So uh, <laughs> this is the way it works. But do not put those shovels away. No, that's pretty know. much Georgia weather too. I think uh, yeah. uh, old Georgia's, I guess, a little bit bipolar with its weather. So <laughs> we got a little bit of that too. Yeah, I know. Is that where you are right now? Describe. Where are you? Are you in Georgia? Yeah. Well, might as well be Tennessee or. North Carolina. I can be in like Murphy, North Carolina in about 30 minutes. I'm, I'm oh, wow. super, super, super far Northwest Georgia. Mm-hmm. Wow. You're like uh, right there. So you can go anywhere. You can get to Tennessee real easy. Yeah. I mean, I, I lived in Nashville for two years and it just, the big city thing went for me just because it was, you know, it, I can be in Nashville in three hours. So mm-hmm. I'd rather be where I'm from and, and close to family and whatnot. And if I need to be up there, as long as I schedule it the night before I can drive up, it ain't no big deal. So mm-hmm. Yeah, three hours is really not a bad drive at all. No, it gives me time to, you know, ride in my head or, you know, work Mm -hmm. on stuff or or whatever. So listen to that voice Mm -hmm. (laughs) voice. Dude, you need to work in radio. Not only be just a superstar artist like you are, man, I I tell you, you got that. uh, You got it. Man, it's just like it's, you know, it's like that. It's cool. (laughs) I've done uh I've done some fake voiceovers that I thought maybe one of these days. I've always wanted to do the the movie guy thing that this summer coming oh, through. You know, like do all that oh. little tortilla boy. <laughs> <laughs> you have a good voice for that. Yeah, that, that would work for you. Starting Friday. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can do it, man. You can do it near you. Yeah, I wish. Uh, not like you though, brother, not like you, but, uh, Jacob Bryant, of course, uh, funny, funny story. I'll tell, I'll, I'll tell the story a little, really quick. How, uh, how I got you on here tonight was, um, over the weekend, not like we have a whole lot to do. And I was drinking a cold one, had my feet up on the table. Don't tell my wife, but I had the television on. Yeah. I knew you were going to do that. And, um, 
now you're making me thirsty. But uh, something came, I think I was watching the CW6 or something, but they had an, a show from Nashville on and they said, hey, coming up right after this, we're going to be talking with uh, Jacob Bryan. I went, oh my God, Jacob Bryan. I said, I got to get him on the podcast because I have been a fan, to be honest with you. I've been doing the country radio thing for a long time. Um, your style is unique to a certain extent. How would you describe uh, your sound as country? It's unapologetically me, man. I mean, I, I've always called it country done my way because I, I grew up in bluegrass and um, gospel music. And then it went from that into alternative Christian rock. I played in a church for a little while as the, the praise and worship leader. And it kind of went from that into some other things after my mom had passed. And it, it became kind of this hybrid of like, you take Keith Whitley, Travis Tritt, and Leonard Skinner and go pow, and here's the drive somehow, you know? So I, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I just always called it country done my way. I mean, it's a rock band with a country singer. I mean, that's really what it is. I mean, it, it's a, a Southern rock band with, with a baritone country voice. Um, I, I kind of look at it as a, um, Leonard Skinner and a little Brantley Gilbert kind of yeah. together. Yeah, Brantley, Brantley was a huge influence and also yeah. a friend of mine um, as well. He kind of, I guess, definitely is a staple in my career when I when I look back at the guys that I was, I guess, looking up to or trying to hmm. emulate what they were doing when I was a young artist and whatnot. Um, so I could definitely see that for sure. I got to tell you right off the top as well. One of my favorites is pour whiskey on my grave. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, I can't get enough of that song. I know it's been out for a little bit. It's been available, but mm -hmm. uh, I play it all the time. Listen to it in the truck. I have it on. It's just, it's great. It's country, but it's Southern. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's exactly what you just said. It's mm -hmm. like everything just kind of put together. Yeah. Yeah. And that one, that one doesn't even grew its legs yet. I don't think, I mean, I, like I said, we, we finally got the love we needed from universal UK and, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And they released that as the first single in the UK and it's number one on planet rock radio right now. And that's amazing. Uh, you know, we're, we're hoping that the U S will catch up because I really do think that song has a place over here. Just like when Jamie Johnson put out like in color, you know, that caught everybody by surprise because it was so different, you know, and poor whiskey is so different from everything that you hear on terrestrial radio right now. Right. Right. So I think it's just going to take some people like you guys and, and, you know, just some people to get behind it and it, it'll, it'll do its own thing. The song itself can do it by itself, you know? Yeah. Now I know you're saying it hasn't grown its legs yet, but have you looked at your Spotify numbers? <laughs> it's doing all right. Did, oh, I don't <laughs> well, want to hear it's doing, doing all right. right. It's doing so freaking phenomenal. Numbers. I mean, I think <laughs> I'm reading this right. People it's over 8 million hits on Spotify. Is that right? Yeah. Spotify. Oh, yeah. And then I yeah. Think, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 21 billion or something on the video on Facebook. <laughs> Let me tell you. I uh, think it's growing a few legs. Congratulations. Uh, That's Deb, phenomenal. It's doing all right, Deb. It's doing mm -hmm. all right. <laughs> I, listen, listen, the way I look at it is it ain't it ain't nothing until I can go like this and just everybody else saying it. <laughs> I don't have to think it anymore. But, but no, I'm I'm blessed, man. I uh, I don't know if you know a whole lot or if Jeff even filled you in a little bit. I mean, I grew up super poor and single wide trailer lived in single wide trailer till june of last year oh wow and i mean we were in a prevo tour bus before i ever moved out of a trailer you know so i've i've it's it's a super humbling thing to see these things happening and and don't think that me joking about it is not taking no. it 
Seriously, I just kind of have a joking type personality. So. You know what? We know you you really appreciate it. Growing up with that kind of background, and you know, our viewers don't even know that whole story, but that little snippet right there just goes to show how much someone like yourself really, really from the heart appreciates your listeners picking up that song into their life. Yes, ma'am. So Absolutely. I definitely can see that. You know, you mentioned Jamie Johnson. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if this is good to say or not, but you actually, you sound a little bit like Jamie Johnson. Yeah. It's got a little bit of that traditional in there for sure. I like it. I like it, man. A little Johnny paycheck in there too. huh? <laughs> yeah. Old paycheck, man. Uh, have, you ever watched, have you ever watched tales from the tour bus? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh dude. I love it. The Johnny paycheck. One. Oh my God. He shot, he shot his, or I guess it was either his, him or his tour manager shot the uh, the bus driver because he didn't pull over and give him a Big Mac. He brought him some crappy <laughs> cheeseburger from a pilot or something. Oh, my God. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy shit. That's, um, that's yeah. when outlaws were real outlaws. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Got that right. Um, what do you think of all this success in the United King- Kingdom, in the UK? It, it, you're not the only artist here in the mainland in the United States, country artist, that right. has said um, you know, they're kicking ass over there and they're struggling to get on mainstream radio here. Right. I mean, who would have ever thought that it'd be so successful there? What do you think of all that? Man, it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, we got approached by a guy named Dante that is the label head at snake farm records, which is a spinoff of, Universal. Right. um, and he was, he just loved the record, you know, and he wanted to get behind it. And we were like, man, thank you. You know, we didn't really think anything of it other than just like, Oh, it's kind of cool. Get a little distribution deal and whatever it does, it does. You know, we didn't expect it to do what it's doing right now. I mean, we surpassed the Foo Fighters, you know, which is insane yeah. to me because like I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan, you know, and mm-hmm. it, uh, it, it's, it's just been insane. Um, but I think they, they just saw something different and raw and real and new and, um, I think I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that we've just stayed us the entire time. Like during the entire thing, I've seen a lot of artists, you know, change what they sound like or do whatever. And I, I, I'm not saying that I dislike any anything on the radio, but at the end of the day, like I make the music that I like, you know. And if and if I can't do that, and if I can't do what I love, there's no reason for me to be doing it at all. So so I just continued to be me, regardless if if, if it sold mainstream or not and then now it's starting to do it on its own you know and and i think things are turning around musically as well on terrestrial radio even here um but over there i think it's happening a little quicker so it it was a it was a huge surprise to me when jeff calls me and goes hey you got the number 11 record in the whole entire uk and i'm like what Mm -hmm. you know the very next day he's like hey poor whiskey's number one on planet rock blah 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 it it it's blowing my mind, but you know, over there, they, they look at what I do is rock and roll, you know? So yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's in a sense, but that's a country has a lot of roots in rock and roll. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, it all well, goes together. Johnny Cash used to be called rock. You there know? you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Bring a fire, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, uh, do you remember what the first concert was that you ever went to? I do. It was Edgar winter band and Jack. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was at a uh, at a uh, motorcycle rally in Cherokee, North Carolina, yeah. and the only reason I remember this is the first time I ever sm- smelled what marijuana smelled like because I was young. It was me and my mom, <laughs> and uh, we were sitting there, and Edgar Winterband was opening for Jackal, and uh, 
Edgar was on and, and whatnot. And this dude was passing this thing around. I asked mom, I was like, why does he keep handing that thing to everybody? You know, <laughs> I didn't know. What he was but I'll never forget that, that, that day, but that was. Yeah. Uh oh, it kind of froze up here a little bit. Um, hopefully there we go. Oh, there you, are. you froze up there. Can you hear us? Yeah. Yeah. Y'all's screen froze too. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't know. We just, you know, when you freeze, you got that funny look on your face. It's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that happens, you know, but it's crazy. It's crazy. That's kind of cool that you remember that. And uh, Edgar Winter, free ride, stuff like that, man. It's just that, you know, it rocks. And when did you realize that uh, you wanted to be who you are today? When did you realize you wanted to be that guy on the stage? Uh, some great rock and roll country. When did when did all that come down? Man, I I started playing guitar at eight. Um, like I said before, I, I was playing the bluegrass records, you know, I still to this day, don't know how to read music. None of that. I'll just play by ear. I mean, you mm -hmm. could hit a note and I could probably tell you what it is just cause that's how I've learned. Um, but I guess when I kind of sort of thought, okay, I might do this for a living, I guess was probably, I mean, right, I guess right before mom passed, I was probably 18 or 19. Um, because in high school, I was kind of the shy skateboarder kid, which a lot of people don't know. You know, I, I had long Keith Urban looking hair and was a skater dude, you know. Um, but I still would come home, even though I was a skater kid and all them kids was listening to rock and roll. I'd come home, sit there and play bluegrass on my papa's guitar and stuff. And But, uh, but no, I, I would say probably around 18 or 19 years old, I got to the point where I was making money playing gigs and, you know, there was people coming up going, man, you need to move to Nashville. You need to do this. You need to do that. And, and, and it kind of got to the point where I was like, all right, well, maybe they're right. I mean, I, I never believed in myself realistically until my mom passed away. Uh -huh. And it was weird. How, how, I mean, I failed chorus in high school because I was too shy to sing in front of anybody. Um, oh, wow. And then now for a living. So it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. But after mom passed, I just kind of got this. I don't give a damn mentality about it, you know, and not in a bad way, not being rude to anybody or anything like that. It was just like, hell, I'm going to try this. Screw yeah, it. You know, there's, um, Deb and I have talked to so many different artists who kind of fall into that same category where they, you know, they just, they learn by listening. Yeah. Um, they were very shy. They <laughs> just seriously. And now look at them. Some of the biggest stars were in that category. And now they're on a stage performing in front of, well, maybe not in the last year or so, but um, performing in front of thousands upon thousands in the stadium shows and all that. And, uh, you know, they were just like you. I mean, I was like, oh, I, I can't get on stage. I can't sing. I can't do this. But you know what? They turn out to be some of our biggest stars. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. I, I And my wife can attest to this, you know, like I if I get in front of you and her and two other people, I'll be shaking like a leaf, but I can stand on stage in front of 30,000 people in a sold out arena with Brantley Gilbert opening up for him. And it's like, I'm at home. It's, it's weird. Love it. I bet you it's because when you have a small group, you know, all that attention is right on you. Like there's nowhere to go, but right on you. And when you're in a crowd, yes, we're right on you, but we're also dancing with the person next to us yeah. and yeah. enjoying that environment. So and passing something around and passing something <laughs> around. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of difference there, but that is so that always has amazed me how someone can be so shy and 
you know, like you, you know, in spun up a small group, yet get in front of a big group of people and eh, no problem. That's yeah, it's, it's it's weird how that works. I and and yeah. I'm definitely not shy anymore. I mean, I could talk to the damn wall, but yeah. <laughs> uh, at one time, I was the real yeah. timid kind of hey, what's up? Leave me alone, kind of kid, you know. And, but uh, I I don't know. It it just kind of. One day I woke up and said, all right, I'm just going to be me. If people don't like it, cool. If they do, cool too. You know, whatever. <laughs> That's how you try things. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You have uh, apparently have met a lot of people in your career. There's no yeah. doubt. You know, a lot of new artists, a lot of well-established artists, maybe just people in general. Is there anybody that's had such a big impact on you? That yeah. You yeah. I mean, Cody Johnson being uh -huh. one of the bigger ones. Um, Toured a lot with him, Co Wetzel, um, Luke Combs. I wrote out there with Luke and James McNair and Ray Ray Fulcher, and that was my first, I guess, major artist cut. And you know that thing's however many platinums now. You know, so thank you, thank you to Luke for that. But <laughs> but yeah, um, there's a there's a too many Brantley. I mean, Brantley took us out when he didn't have to. You know, and, right, right. Um, well, he's such a cool dude anyways, man. I'll tell you, apparently he's so down to earth. You know, you look at him, you see the tats, you see the rings, you see everything, that you know, the, the brass knuckles and all that, and you think this guy's tough as shit. But you know what? He's such a great guy and just uh, he's, so he's, laid back. He's cool as hell and wouldn't hurt a fly. But, right. if, but if you messed with him, he will whip your ass. I got <laughs> take well, I wouldn't want to mess with him. So, <laughs> okay, whatever. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he, he's one of those guys that like you said he's as sweet as anything but if i was walking in an alley somewhere and i saw him i'd be scared I'd well be like, it, uh, us georgia boys man we kind of come across that way just because we're very mm -hmm. protective of the people we love but i I, mm -hmm. I guarantee he'd be the first one to take the shirt off his back and hand it to you it's just yeah it. right right big just teddy bear just yeah. don't cross him once mm -hmm. you cross somebody then then you're on the show <laughs> and then something yeah. happens so Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll not be crying that this week. <laughs> <laughs> now, Zach Brown's from Georgia as well. Yep, yep. yep. Well, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. So I got to ask you. Uh, we're talking with Jacob Bryan tonight. You can see the websites on your screen there. Make sure you check it out, man. I tell you, this guy, this guy's the real deal. Um, I was just, I'm very excited to be chatting with him here tonight. And I, I was talking to Deb earlier. Just can't believe he's going to be on with us. And here you are. Um, but uh, how about the pandemic and, and all this that has happened? Uh, I know we've had to take up other jobs. We've had to do different things. Even some of the well-established musicians as yourself, uh, without that income, you need something to help pay the bills. I mean, you can write songs, maybe get a check once in a while when something gets played. But still, it's uh, how how has all that affected you? Man, it's been crazy. I uh, I'm was on a construction crew before I did music full-time. I mean, and, and that was over 12 years ago. I mean, I've pretty much done music full-time for 10 or 12 years. Wow. Um, and then when the pandemic happened, you know, I went to work with my brother-in-law back doing construction again, man. I, I got to feed these babies and, yep. and, and provide for my family, you know, so I've, I've just been doing that and, and playing music on the weekends. And then this universal thing kind of happened. And hopefully that's, you know, going to get me back to doing what I love to do all the time. But realistically, I think the construction thing was honestly a blessing for me because I was kind of getting a little burnt out. I mean, we were doing 150, 200 shows a year and I wouldn't get to be home with my daughter. And yeah, it, uh, it, it, it was a lot, you know, and uh, it really let me enjoy time 
watching her grow up through those detrimental times, you know, like when, when you need to be there again and and when, when I wasn't going to be able to, had it not been for the pandemic. So I've, I've kind of, I guess, tried to look at it as a positive as much as possible Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, and take it in like, okay, it gave me time on my family, but, but yeah, I mean, I've, everybody, including yourselves, I would imagine, have had to adjust and, and overcome and, and try yeah. to be positive during all of it. And and, uh, I'm, I'm, and we're still doing it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. We're hoping that things are going to, you know, things are starting to change a little bit. So with the vaccine and everything that's going on, so we can get back to a little bit of being normal. I don't know if it'll ever a little, little normalcy, we hope. <laughs> Yeah, just a little bit, just like a whole lot of it, actually. But uh, yeah, how old is your daughter? Eighteen months. Oh, God bless you, man. God bless. She's and this awesome. is so important that you're there. I'm sure she's up, walking, running around, almost at the oh, age yeah. of two, <laughs> getting into things. Uh, yeah, that's cool. And you also have another one on the way. Yeah, little boy, Weston Allen. He'll be here, bless, my friend. Late May. That's almost oh. a perfect family. Of one boy, one girl. Well, we we want four, but okay. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that we're going to have four back to back to back to back. We'll see. <laughs> I, th- I think I think we're going to deal with two and wait three or four years, and then maybe have the other two later. So we'll see. Well, I have four, so they're two years, no, three years apart, then two and a, two years, and then three and a half years or something. So it's it gets to be challenging. So that's a good plan. I think because you can enjoy those first two, then maybe they'll start getting into school, and then you can enjoy the second two. Mm-hmm. While the other ones are starting to form some. Yeah, I, I want the first two to be able to make their own sandwiches before we. Yeah, have. there you go. <laughs> Potty trained. That would be a big help too. <laughs> Get Dad here when he needs one. Naomi's yeah. being trained right now, and she, uh, Brittany, my wife, she's very good at being way ahead of the ball game with stuff like that. So now Naomi, you know, she'll look down and be like, you know, like, <laughs> you know when she's pottied in her, di- in her diaper instead of right, on the body. Right, she's, right. she's a smart uh, kid. What, That's what fun. Do they, it goes uh, fast. It does go fast, and they grow mm-hmm. fast, and before you know it, they'll be making their own sandwiches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dad's on the road, but I'm going with them. I'll so. probably cry. Mm-hmm. You don't want me to help her anymore because that that girl right there, that's, that's Daddy's baby, and unfortunately, she's a mommy's girl, so I'm always like, I you know love daddy like today when Brittany you know I'm off the air we were talking about Brittany yeah positive of COVID and whatnot but oh, geez. um I had to sit upstairs with Naomi and hang out with her after a bath or whatever and her bedtime routine is usually pretty on point and tonight mm-hmm. kind of winged it just because mommy went around or whatever and she just laid on me and sat there and we watched some shows together or whatever and I, I was sitting there just taking it in i about fell asleep Brittany tried to call me and my apple watch started ringing because my phone died or whatever but i just i don't know man it, it's weird how much a dad could love a daughter it's it's insane it's a i'm the dad of three beautiful daughters and i've actually got to believe it or not eight grandkids so and all my daughters are close together so when one got pregnant the other had to get pregnant and then the other one had to get pregnant and they did that several times over and uh, when one got married the other had to get married well, <laughs> the other one had to get married so th- that went my wallet um so it was just but yeah what's what's a wallet <laughs> <are those>? exactly 
In one hand, out the other. Easy come, easy go. But mm -hmm. you know what? When you have a daughter, uh, they'll always be daddy's girls. Always. It doesn't matter how old my daughters obviously are older now. And uh, still that phone call that I love you, dad, that, you know, just talking. I mean, it's always you'll always be her dad. You know what I mean? She'll always be daddy's girl. That's what I'm saying. So enjoy it now, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 mush whenever she looks at me and just even goes, I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's um let's get back to a little bit about you about um your your songwriting and uh what's your thought process with all that? Ah uh, man, songwriting is everything, man. It's therapy for me. I mean, I there's a lot of songs like Save My Soul or Sometimes I Pray or uh I mean there there's a bunch that, that have been written that pretty much if it weren't for those songs, I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. You know, I mean Save My Soul, that song talks about like an actual thing that happened where I was, you know, sitting in the shower shaking like a leaf and going through withdrawals and BTs and all kind of stuff. And it uh, wasn't a good time in my life, you know, and uh, sometimes I praise about mom passing and I, I don't know, man. I mean, not all the songs of course are, are the down in the dump stuff, but I, I really do think music saved my life. You know I mean? It, it, uh, it was a therapy for me and it, it, mm -hmm. it was an outlet where I could go to, talk to somebody because I was too much of a stubborn ass to go talk to somebody. So I just mm -hmm. talked to that man on that paper, you know, and it's all right. Um, but, but yeah, um, songwriting to me is, uh, it's just a way to, I guess, say things that you might not say to somebody. I, you know, and you can put it on that paper and then that paper can talk instead of you, you know, <laughs> so maybe that is that timid coming out in me or something like that. You know, I got to put it in a song for me to be able to say it sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> But you know what? Those, those, and I think Deb would agree. Those make the best songs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you're talking. You're writing about real life, and there's so many people, not just you, dude. There's so many people that have been through what you've been through, and maybe done what you've done. Mm -hmm. uh, and when they hear these songs, they can relate. And that's what mm -hmm. our format is all about. That's what our music is all about. Artists like you writing these songs about real life experiences, and then the listeners taking it all in, going. That song's about me. Right. That's what they think, even though mm -hmm. you know it's about you and your life, but they can relate. So it's cool. Yeah, I mean, we get messages every day about the tune that I cut that Joel Shoemaker, a good buddy of mine, wrote called This Side of Sober. Um, you know, and everybody going through recovery and or mm -hmm. you know, maybe not even going through recovery, just going through a, a battle they're dealing with, you know, and it talks about the devil on your shoulder and it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel and you know, and and that particular song, you know, I, it, it has opened up, you know, things in my mind to write, I guess, sequels to it. Like I've always called, uh, save my soul, the sequel to this side of sober. Cause it was right. me finally going, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. Now I'm asking for help, you know, and, and mm -hmm. it, it just so happened that music was my help. I didn't have to go to rehab or, or whatever. I just weaned myself and, got my shit together you know but wow, you're very fortunate yeah I'm very, very fortunate you know, I, I mean there's a lot that i didn't know about i mean obviously being a fan of the music but now we get to chit chat and we get to know you a little bit just a lot i didn't know about you and i really respect you for what you've done and you know what you've been writing about and here you are tonight and uh you know a proud dad and another one on the way and just 
just kicking ass with everything that you're doing, brother. That, you. that, is, that is so awesome. I, Very I cool. Still, I still enjoy a cold one, but I uh, I, quit, I quit drinking liquor completely. Um, yeah. I don't mess around with any pills or drugs or any of that crap like I used to mess with either. And it's been uh, best best thing I ever did. So many of us have been like that. So I mean, dude, you know, God bless you because that's so cool. That's so good. So good. Actually, that's um, that's a great role model, a yeah. perspective from someone like yourself, trying to portray that to other young folks out there. No matter what uh, career they're into, you know, saying sure. that hey, you may have had a deep time, and you can get out of it, and you can follow your dreams, and you can be successful, or whatever that is, it can happen. And, sure. and you know, and when you talk about things like that, I just think it's really important mm-hmm. for people to understand that there is a way out, no matter what level you're at. For sure. And then also, too, I mean, if anybody's watching this that is an artist, you know, you don't have to be rock star life. Mm-hmm. That, that ain't real. It's not. You can't live on a Prevo bus and stay right effed mm-hmm. up all the time. You know, you just can't. That's that's it's not feasible you can't do it it's put me in the hospital and i've had to uber from a hospital back to a gig before because of that crap mm-hmm. it's, it's stupid don't do that just we've had we've had a couple other artists say that it's like yeah. that is just not you know you have this dream of this kind of life mm-hmm. and when it turns into what you were just describing well hey that is not the life that we should be leading nor did we really want to be leading so no, it, it I mean, everybody who, I guess, goes after this dream, you know, you look at it and go, oh, my God, I'm going to, you know, live yep. what I've seen on the movies, you know, or, or yep. whatever. And then you get out there and you do it and you're like, ah, this is kind of <laughs> the same. Like, it ain't. Not, it ain't. Yeah. I'd rather grill out behind the tour bus and cook steaks and drink a Miller Lite and then go to bed and not wake up feeling like crap the next morning, you know. Like, Absolutely. And not saying I don't like to throw down whatever. I mean, that's fine. No, I got you. Man. But, but. You know that there was a time there where it was like all the time. Yeah, just yeah. wake up and go, and wake up and go, and it it, it ain't worth it, man. Good. Just keep relaying that message to all the artists, oh, I love people it. that you come across, because you know it's really got to come from someone who's been there. You can't exactly. when when it's you can't explain it if you've never gone through it, and you can't yeah. express uh, it to someone enough not having gone through it. My neck, so. my neck. My next record is going to be called The Barstool Preacher, so I'm going to be relaying it a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good, 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 good. <laughs> and then what What does lie ahead for you? You've got the record, the next record. Um, you've got enough. Do you have enough for an album, another album? or we got more than enough for probably two. We've, we've cut right. 30, 30 sides right now. Um, okay. Yeah, we're, uh, we're probably going to pick 12 to 15 and release a record Ooh. off of that. Um, but we're still looking for songs and writing songs. Um, my buddy, Jamie grooms that wrote poor whiskey on my grave is actually in town right now. And yeah. uh, we were set to write tomorrow, but the wife came down with COVID. So we're probably not going to do that. He's going to Florida for about two weeks. And then on his way back to Tennessee, he's going to drop in and, yeah. and see me. We're going to try to write some more, but, but yeah, I've, I've written a lot. Um, yeah. For, for this record way more so than the last one with uh, a buddy of mine, Wyatt McCubbin and uh, Carson Chamberlain that did all the Billy Currington and yeah. Ethan Corbett. I recognize the name. Yeah. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, he he played steel for Keith Whitley, which is my favorite country oh. artist of all time. Great. But, yeah, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff coming, man. I'm, I'm really excited about this record in particular. Not, And I know every artist says that every time they come out with a project. But I get it. But you're this, proud of it. Well, this particular one, you know, it we didn't have any stress, really, because the other one, you know, had, we had enough time to let it do its thing and um, kind of let it ride, you know, and, and this particular record we've been working on, we just kind of been cutting songs as they come along, you know, and um, it just ended up working itself out, you know, and then now we're dealing with this universal thing and we got a couple offers on the table in Nashville that we're, you know, talking. I'm not necessarily <laughs> sorry. I'm cold natured. I'm like my mom fits 70 degrees in the house. I'm going to have a dang. <laughs> right. I have a blanket on too. Don't feel yeah. so bad. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm not necessarily putting all my eggs in any basket at this point, man. I'm, I'm super excited about some of the conversations we're getting to have. Um, and, uh, God's good. That's all I can say, man. Yeah, absolutely. God is good. God is good. When will you be heading back to Nashville? I've just got back. We were there. Uh, we were there. Let's see. Last Friday. I was up there. I cut four songs vocals for four songs that we had already tracked um i'm also doing a uh two songs with two other artists where i'm basically a feature on their track um, oh that's cool a guy named tyson lehman that my manager is releasing a, a track on that's going to be pretty cool it's called high road um that's a really cool record he's kind of got that like stapleton gospel soul kind of thing going on yeah. Yeah. and then uh the other one is with a guy named Cody Purvis. Um, his is called From a Small Town. It's basically just talking about being from a small town or whatever. It's good old party anthem, almost like Hillbilly Bone, Trace Atkins. Oh, like but, uh, but, yeah, we cut those two, and then I actually cut another song by a guy that I referenced earlier that wrote This Side of Sober, uh, Joel Shoemaker. He wrote a song called Bird in a Cage, and uh, – the lyric to it is a bird in a cage. Don't sing. They cry. And it's, it's oh, pretty, wow. heavy. it's mm -hmm. pretty, pretty heavy. So I, I cut that one. Um, and then another tune called amen. It's the first Christian song I've ever put on any of my records. So I'm, I'm releasing one Christian song on this, on this album as well. That's um, nice. the Christian side of country is really coming to the front now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Zach Williams. Uh, we need we need it more than ever right now in the whole country. Oh, great. Yeah. No, no oh, kidding. Great. No kidding. Absolutely. Right now. Absolutely. And uh, it's a good thing that that's happening. And I think people are digging it too. People are getting into it. Um, it just all, it all comes together. And you're right. That's what we need right now. Uh, when you go to Nashville, where do you hang out? I don't really go downtown or anything no. like that anymore. I mean, I'm, back in the day, I used to go to Losers and stuff like that and hang out with Brent Cobb and Luke yeah. and some of them guys, but um, pretty much just hang out with my producer and my, my writer buddies, man. I'm Jesse Triplett, the lead guitar player for the rock band collective soul is my producer. Oh, yeah. oh very cool. Hang out with him and, and uh, some of my buddies, Jesse, Keith Whitley, Keith Whitley's son, mm -hmm. one of my buddies. I hang out with him a lot. And that's pretty much it, man. I, I got a pretty yeah. tight knit group that I, yeah, yeah, that, and that's probably a good thing probably a good thing you guys kind of just hang together and really not just uh you know go, everybody just do whatever they want you guys hang together i know we go to nashville i've been and uh, usually hit up the station in places like that i like the station name for sure 
you, you actually get to hear some uh, bluegrass music. Yeah. And that's that's where I first um, many many years ago. Now, um, when Dirk Bentley was with Capital and the label rep, uh, they took us up to the uh, the station in, and that's where I got hooked on the place. And uh, Dirks was playing, and that, that's when he was doing his bluegrass stuff. Dirks was Dirks was my second concert. Speaking of really, oh, look at you, man. I, I used to love what was the tune on. It was like I think it was either his first or second record where he's talking about having a Johnny Cash. Uh, box set and all oh. uh, what is it in the cab of my truck yeah uh i don't know. i'd have to you know and there, there's there's been so many but uh, i love dirks man i love yeah. dirks he's always, such a great guy. yep yep and uh he used to drive this beat up pickup truck we have we have matching trucks i have Do a, you? I have a 93 Stepside white Chevrolet identical. Dude. Love it, love it, dude. That is so awesome. My dad fell asleep with his foot on the gas and blew it up, so this broke down. But I do have a matching. <laughs> Eventually, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell Dirks about that one of these yeah. days when I get to open for him or something. But and that's cool. You know, um, when I first met Dirks, of course, my wife was with me, and that was God knows how many years ago now. But uh, when he comes through, if they're doing a show now, obviously it hasn't happened in the last year or so. But um, when they come through and every time we see Dirks, he remembers who you are. It's like, hey, Skip, how's, how's you know, I have a son, Zach. How's Zach? You know, hey, Nance, how are you? And it's my wife, obviously. So it's like they never forget. They never forget. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. And at the end of the day, like, we should. We should. Because if it wasn't for you guys, you know, like, I mean, well, I, it works both ways. And we tell everybody that for me, have, it works both ways. I have a lot of friends in radio that didn't have to take a chance on me. You know I mean? We, we did the whole, uh, medium market, you know, yeah. Yeah. whatever kind of push and we did all right, you know, and as well as, you know, I mean, the, the medium market thing doesn't necessarily blow you up or anything no. like that, but, it, but, no. but, it, but it's just something to add to your milestones as you go, you know, you know, but, nowadays we talk about radio though. I, I can tell you that, um, I don't know how much market really makes a difference anymore. Everything's online. We got social media and you know, the stations are broadcasting online. We have so much going. I mean, we can play a, you know, a, a Jacob Bryant song and uh, it's not just our listeners hearing it. We got people listening online all over the place. So it doesn't matter. I don't know if market or market size anymore really makes a big difference to be totally right. honest with you. Cause the water to the station and all that crap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, it's crazy like that, but that that's what I think. But uh, you know, it's been cool chatting with you here tonight and getting to know you a little bit. I appreciate y'all for having me, man. Any, anything that I can do or anytime you want to talk, man, just holler. And I, I apologize for my, uh, my latency here, but what was it? That was Deb's fault. <laughs> Deb Remember, was... I took one for the team tonight. Remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I took one for the team tonight. So you weren't mm -hmm. we were just waiting on Deb. We couldn't go on right. until Deb showed up. So that's all. No, and I still had a bad hair day after all but, that effort. You know, I, I do appreciate you joining us and it means more than ever because you did go out of your way to do this for us tonight. And mm -hmm. just knowing what your day was like when I was talking to uh, Jeff, when we were texting earlier, just like, oh my God, tell him he doesn't have to come on with us. Tell him, you know, this is, you have other things going on in your life, dude. You know, you got a daughter you had to put to bed. You got a wife that was just, uh, you know, um, with COVID. Uh, hopefully every, all that's going to be okay. Six months pregnant. So we're praying. Um, but uh, for you to do this, you just went out of your way. 
just went out of your way. No, nah, man. And like I said, before we ever came on air, if I tell you I'm going to do something, I'll be there always. Yeah. You know what? You so if I was, um, if I was to walk into your kitchen right now and open up the refrigerator, what would I find? Uh, probably a lot of leftovers. My wife is mad that I didn't eat, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, uh, let's see a lot of eggs, a lot of organic vegetables. We actually eat pretty good. I, 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 okay. I, I, grill, I grill pretty much every night. Uh, I thank big thank you to Rec Tech Grills. They they actually sent me a uh, RT seven hundred pellet smoker, uh, and it it uh you literally walk up and go beep and hit a button and you just turn it to what degrees you want. It's basically like a wood oven. Um, that is awesome with indirect heat or whatever. So you can do burgers, turn it all the way up, get it hot as crap. You can do steak, you can do pork butts or or whatever. But man, that thing is come in handy during this pandemic man you just grab some chicken or brats and burgers or whatever you want to do and just chuck it on there but, but we do it we do a lot of uh you know broccoli cauliflower zucchini yeah. squash salads chicken yeah, yeah no we're right there with you we my son is big into broccoli and cauliflower and all that stuff so pretty much in chicken uh, all different kinds of chicken this chicken that i mean it's like that's every night in our house so if, if it was up to me i'd eat ramen noodles and steak but <laughs> the, old, the old lady tries to keep me a little healthier than that. Yeah, I know. I used to. Yeah, I used to. Yeah, you see, you see what my shirt says. So I, I, I'm I like the. That. Uh, I, I'm the. I guess I'm the devil, and she's the angel. Maybe I don't know. So. There you go. Nothing wrong. Hey, it check, checks and balances. It all works out. Right, and that's what makes it all work. You're right. Absolutely. Dang <laughs> right. Yeah. How much Miller do you have in your refrigerator right now? None. Right. Dude. No, the, the old lady don't let me keep Miller in the house. I, I she bought me a uh, she bought me a kegerator and it sits on our back deck and I don't have a keg in it, so I just put my thirty packs in there and I just walk out on the back deck and get them. But oh, that's nice, that's cool. But no, I don't uh, I don't have any in the fridge. Actually, it's kind of weird. You're you're you're, make, you're making my manhood go downhill right now. <laughs> don't ask him any more questions. Yeah, no. How about your? Um, do you have a room in the house that you can go and uh, you write your music or you can record or any? Or do you have anything well, like that? Yes, finally, I have a basement. Um, <laughs> like I said, I grew up in a single wide, so I, I never, I never had nowhere to go other than the living right. room, you know. And now, you know, I got my basement down there. It's got a bathroom in it. I can go down there and just chill. I got my old couches that we had at the the single wide that have dog hair all over them and they're nasty, but I love them. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I go down there and, and write and kind of chill out and have a good time. I know it's like, uh, this is my man. Well, my man cave and mm-hmm. I have what we call a pod zone and I have a voiceover studio on the other side. Um, and early on in the pandemic, of course I had to do some of my radio stuff from over there, but, uh, it, uh, I love having my own room where I can just come down here, sit and talk to people like you, Deb and I have our conversations and uh, everybody else is upstairs watching television, doing what they normally do during during the evening Mm -hmm. hours. Speaking of, is that a SM7B? You bet your ass it is. That's the best microphone they ever made. Yep. I have uh, two SM7Bs and I got two stealth Astons. I have a total of four mics at this table, which is pretty cool. I also use what they call a Rodecaster Pro for the podcast. I don't know if you, if you look it up, it's pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. So, I mean, uh, that's uh, one can, uh, you know, I hit a button and the music plays and I can stop. Uh, 
Before I go, ladies and gentlemen, it's Jacob Bryant. So, you know, or, or do this, like, uh, shouldn't have said that. No, but so it's kind of cool. It's a great, great unit for anybody that's doing any type of podcasting. And there's a free plug right there, but uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, the Sure SM7B, uh, going back to what you, you said in the beginning, you can't beat these mics. You cannot. I actually, I actually cut all the vocals on my song "Whiskey Down the Drain." I actually cut my final vocals on one of those, and it was supposed to be the rough vocal. And the producer liked it so much, we ended up releasing it because it was that. But most of the time, I use a U87. I actually cut on the same microphone that Boots Scoot and Boogie and Fancy was cut on by Reba. Yeah, we ran we ran that mic. But oh my God, you're talking three, four, th- uh, maybe even five thousand dollars, depending on. The, yeah. So, I don't know about buying it. We we only pay a couple, like 150 bucks to rent it for the day. But. There you go. That's all you need. <laughs> but uh, no, you're right. With the Sure SM7Bs, though, they're well worth every penny. I have two of those. They go for uh, what, almost 500 bucks each. But yeah, uh, I, I, I love them, though, because they, they don't take away that warmth in the bottom. You know, a lot of mics that you only get that real crispy kind of clear thing. Those give you the warmth, you know, that... I guess people with baritone voices like you and I that, that you need, especially for radio. Um, but you know, whenever I was, I was, I can't barely see it on my screen, but I was like, I think that's an SM7B. I can't yeah. tell. Yeah, that is to bring it up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's exactly what it is. So it's cool. And, uh, you know, I, you're right with the low end. You want that. I mean, you want the low end and we get it. So when I do my movie stuff, there you go. Now it's showing. <laughs> But anyways, you can do it, dude. See, you know, you could also, you could be doing your construction until you get back out on the road and you could be doing voiceover. You well, could, if, if you ever need anybody to do a commercial, just holler. I'm, I'm here. I'll send it out to you. That'd be cool. Uh, um, Deb, you got any questions before we let Jacob go yeah, here tonight? To, I always have a few fun questions. We throw funny, a few fun things. Uh-oh. At, uh-oh. This is Deb. end of the show. I just sit back right. and watch. <laughs> so what's your funniest movie of all time? Your favorite funny movie? God, um, you're probably gonna laugh at me because it's very corny. Um, not a night at the Roxbury. <laughs> I don't think I've, I. I kind of think I've heard of that, but I don't think you think I know it. <laughs> Skip probably has. It's yes. Oh gosh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, either, it's either that I like it's either that one or like uh, Napoleon Dynamite, which yeah. my mom. Oh, yeah. that one I've seen. My, my kids love all that stupid comedy stuff. My mom's like really, but I mean Step Brothers, of course, is a great one. Yeah, much more yeah. Than the piece. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I haven't seen that one in a while. Um, let's see. What's the most useless thing you ever learned in school? All of it. <laughs> just being honest uh, just no honest. I mean uh, most useless thing <laughs> I don't know I mean it's all good um, probably algebra because at the end of the day even during construction <laughs> there's a lot of math and stuff I mean mm-hmm. you're not really messing with any of those types of equation yeah. numbers or whatever I mean, I'm mm-hmm. We got into this conversation at work about all the topics in school that they make you learn that you'll just never need. Nowadays, you can't even do just basic math. You know, they got to do it some bass way. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> what are you talking about? They, they need more trades in school, man. I mean, you need to be oh, able, great. You need to be able to come out of school with something, you know, real world. But, I but yeah, I, I would say probably algebra is the most useless thing. I, mean, I did it and hated it and still don't use it. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Radio. We just, had a conversation uh, about cursive today in our office. Like my kid, they don't even teach cursive anymore. My oldest can has beautiful handwriting, cursive, the whole nine yards. And as each one of my kids went through school, it got worse and worse and worse. They can like barely their their signatures are awful. Because they, <laughs> they can't even because everything was all done on the computer, mm -hmm. so they never had to write anything. Right. Right. So yep. that ended up. I don't even know if you really need to use cursive anymore. But what kind of construction um, are you doing currently? You doing sheetrock building? What are you doing, uh, dude? It's a little bit of everything. We okay. do. We, we do anything from full ground to done full builds to basement remodels. We just did a, a like a full-blown man cave for a guy, put rough cut lumber on the walls and uh, yeah. patina. And you all your fingers. Do what? Mm -hmm. And you have all your fingers. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. I got all seven of them. <laughs> I love it. All so right. when, I, when I buy my fixer-upper in Nashville, I'll be calling you. Holler at us. We'll handle it. <laughs> On your off days, you can come and do some construction. <laughs> Either I'll handle it or my Uncle Diamond will, one of the two. See, Jacob, that, works. that window in over there. <laughs> we can handle it. What's up? What else? Let's see. Uh, let's see. What do I wish I could predict the most, if you could predict something? <sighs> what do I wish I could predict? People being good to each other again. That, yeah. that would be a good one. It would be awesome. That, would that, be awesome. that and leaving religion and politics out of people being mm -hmm. friends to each other. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we're all human beings, you know. I mean, yeah. it, it, I just, I'm tired of all the hate, man. It, yeah. it, it, oh. it just sucks. You it know, sucks. I got to tell you, I think I, I've probably, um, everybody's got their own beliefs. And I get that yeah. and I respect that. But uh, a lot of my, I mean, I know a lot of people that have actually lost friends. French mm -hmm. over everything that's been going on here right. in the, or here in the United States. It's mm -hmm. just your opinion is okay. You're entitled for, you know, for your opinion, but uh, absolutely your, your beliefs on somebody else, let them think whatever they want to think. Right. You know, I mean, right. Like we should be able to have a conversation and share like we do skip and I do. We both have different opinions on things and we share those thoughts, but shit. And then we, <laughs> so other than that, no. <laughs> but you know, but that's, you should be able to do that with your friends. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, I guess if I could predict something, I would, I would hope to predict that, you know, the world just ends up being a little better than it is right now. That would be all I'd hope to predict. I love that. Especially for in the new little boy. I don't want my kids to grow up in a world where you have to be right or have to be left or have to be black. Right. Right. You know, now it's not okay to be white. It's not okay to be black. It's not okay to be a Republican. It's not okay to be a Democrat. You know, and yeah. I, remember, I remember a time where, you know, like my grandpa and all them, they wouldn't even tell you who they voted for, you know, and then now it's just right. everybody gets pissed off if you don't do what they think is correct, you know, and it, yeah. I, I, I just, I, I try to leave religion and politics out of my career, you know. Yeah, and, and you should, all of mm -hmm. us. 
and uh, let's just go on because you're providing great music. We've got the radio station. We've got people like Deb that's got a great organization that, you know, works together with people like yourself as an artist. And uh, we just make it work. Uh, Deb, one more question or no? Yeah, I got one more. What country would you most like to visit when you get back out in the in the world? I know where he wants to go. The UK. Exactly. <laughs> Don't blame him. Get uh, over I, I, I've too. never been over the pond. I've, I've already been to Mexico. I've been to Canada. I've been to Brazil. I actually got to play Brahma Valley Fest in San Paulo. Oh, that's cool. okay. My buddy uh, that is in the duo down there, Fernando Sorcaba, they're like the Garth Brooks of Brazil, the biggest country okay. artist in our country. But um, I got to play with them and that was amazing. But I, definitely the UK. And then I guess my second one would be Australia. Uh-huh. Yeah. I kind of have that on my bucket list to do someday in my life. It's just that whole travel thing that's going to be a pain, but I really think I would like to try that. So it'll, yeah. take two days. it'll take you two days to get to Australia. It does. Two days yeah. there, two days back. Yeah, that one that one's going to be a little bit of a bummer as far as the, mm-hmm. the travel part, but I'm, I'm more worried about getting the the COVID vaccine going to the UK. (laughs) Are they offering you the vaccine where you are now or? Uh, No, I mean, I, I've never had the flu vaccine and I've never had the flu. So I'm, I'm kind of like a little bit scared to get it. I get it. Um, But, but I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I'm not, I'm not the uh, anti-vaxxer by any means, but I'm also not wanting to put it body if i don't have to either you know so if it's not broke don't fix it that's my yeah, that's yeah, my thought i'm struggling with the same thing i have one shot already i'm waiting for my second here on the 21st so yeah yeah i'm not uh i'm not convinced yet um i just don't think there's been enough testing and everything with it um my uh my wife's cousin got it the vaccine and she she had worked in the icu with with people with COVID or whatnot, the entire pandemic and never got it. And then she got the vaccine and then she got COVID. So it, it scares the crap out of me to yeah. get it, but I don't so know. So how I mean, do you it, feel now that your wife's tested positive? Do you feel, are you feeling like this could change your mind a little bit? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty set in my ways. <laughs> yeah. Well, I but, guess it'll matter too, if you catch it or not. Oh yeah, I mean, I I think I think I already had it. To be honest with you, I, I think okay. I had it back in March. But okay, but uh, gotcha. but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I'm not I'm not opposed to any of it. I just you know it's it's one of them things. I mm-hmm. got my concerns, just like everybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely, it, it's just so weird, man. We we don't know what to believe or or think mm-hmm. or, or whatever. You know, I know what we need to believe in. Jacob Bryant music. <laughs> believe in. All right. There's nothing better right now that'll that'll solve everything. It'll solve the world problems. It'll make us feel good. We'll all be hey, fun hey, when we hey, listen hey, to. If only you are right. <laughs> we can all relate to it. Uh Jacob, of course, I've got your website on the on our our screen there. But uh, somebody goes to the website, what are they gonna find? Man, a little bit of everything. We got uh merchandise, show dates, uh we do a weekly newsletter if you sign up for the fan club. Um, is there a what? name for your fan club? Do what? Say that again. Do you have a name for your fan club? It's just Jacob Bryant fan club. Oh, keeping it simple. Okay. It's well, I, I, just, I, I, we, we, we tried to come up with one and everything I came up with was super corny. So I was like, screw it. We'll just call it Jacob Bryant fan club. 
That uh, works. Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not? Jacob, you're awesome, my friend, and God bless you. Um, I know you, as we mentioned before, you've had a, a tough day today and a lot on your mind, I'm sure, uh, you know, with everything that's going on. And uh, it's just, I don't even know what to say about that because I just, you're a strong guy. And uh, your music is phenomenal, though. And like I said, I've been a fan for a little bit. And hopefully after tonight or after people or viewers and listeners listen and view this, that uh, you're going to have some more fans. And uh, we're going to get uh, your music on some of the mainstream radio here as well. I, I know we can hear it. Uh, I believe we can hear it on satellite. Um, but uh, we, we need to get it on mainstream. So as well and i mean if we can do the brantley gilbert and we can do those other other artists we can sure as hell do a jacob bryant so hey man throw it out there man yeah. oh absolutely be one of the first uh well you never know you never know chances uh, are if you if you put somebody like me on the radio and you put it in regular rotation it pops up in all those things that every one of you pds can see you know and then somebody else will go hey man why is this guy doing this and then, and then all of a sudden it goes yeah, but That's dude, you know, before we let you go, you've already got a name for yourself. You're making it happen. You've got a number one song on the other side of the pond. This is just unbelievable. This is unbelievable. Uh, who did we interview just a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. um, in Canada? Um, Lonely Drum, Aaron Goodvin. Mm-hmm. He's kicking it. In Canada, he had, you know, a number one song. Yeah. Now he's trying to make it work here in the United States. So. Uh, Jacob, again, thank you for joining us here on Skip Happens tonight. Dude, you're awesome. It's been such a great hookup. Uh, Thank you to your uh, manager, Jeff. He was great uh, texting me. Uh, The the guy is wonderful. Yeah, Uh, he's a good dude, man. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, of course, uh, Deb with the Country Music Fan Club. Uh, Make sure you check out the the Facebook page, the official CMF. There you go. And like the official CMFC. (laughs) It happens on YouTube. I'll make mm-hmm. sure you give us a like. And uh, of course, most importantly, you check out that guy right there, Jacob Bryant. Mm-hmm. Jacob, uh, hang on while we sign off here tonight. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. <laughs>